Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we continue on in a series we're doing called Living is Christ. Living is Christ. We're sort of working through Philippians 1, 20 through 27 together, and um, we're talking about real, full, now and forever, abundant life, the life that Jesus came um, for us to have and to experience and, and talk about how we're really supposed to be living that life. What does it look like? How do we apply that? Um, lots of things, you know, happening in the world around us, trying to steal life from us, which is the thing that the enemy wants to do. You know, the enemy said that it's his stated mission, right? Jesus came to give us life. The enemy came to steal it. And, um, you know, there's so many things going on around us and so many opportunities for fear and, and, and anger and uh, all sorts of other things. Uh, and so I thought we would look at living this life out in the way that God called us to. This week, we're going to talk about um, the balance between our longing for heaven and living lives of purpose. Really talked about a life of purpose last week when we were together. And uh, today, we're going to press in a little deeper and talk about this balance that exists between a longing that we have for heaven and living lives of purpose. That's where we're headed. Lots of fishing was going on around us this week with the anything and everything else that was going on and people out in the water. Did you hear about the fight at the seafood restaurant? Apparently, two fish got battered. Two fish. Okay, okay. What kind of music should you listen to while you're fishing? Something catchy. Scripture reading here on... <laughs> it's still not as good as... If you were here last week. Okay. Philippians 1, 20 through 27. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to kind of focus in today on Philippians 1, 22 through 24. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. What shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Um, what Paul is talking about here is something I like to call a longing for heaven and, and the reality of living in the moment for Jesus and that there's a tension that exists for us as believers that we need to be aware of. And I, I want to, we talked last week about um, an encounter Jesus has with Peter and some other fishermen. I'm going to talk about another encounter Jesus has with some fishermen, just kind of why we're in the, in the moment, and, and talk again about a life of purpose and this tension that exists in our longing for heaven. 
The little backdrop for our story today is out of Matthew 4, 17 through 20. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So here we have another encounter with Jesus and Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew. And this time they're, they're fishing with nets, they're casting their nets, and, and um, Jesus calls them to come and follow and they respond in that process. But what he says um, just before that happens, uh, as he's preaching, is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And I want to talk today about that, the idea of what repentance is, because to experience life, this kind of life that God is calling us to, we have to understand the idea behind repentance, what repentance is really all about. And so first point in your notes, big, big word there, repent. Repent. Um, I think most of us have heard it and uh, or seen it, and hopefully we've engaged at it in some level. But I'm not sure we always understand exactly what it's talking about and what it looks like, what biblical repentance really is. Again, verse 17, uh, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so uh, the idea behind true biblical repentance is, is threefold. It's a change of mind. It's a change of purpose, and it's a change of life. That's what Jesus is calling people to when he calls them to repent. He's saying they need to undergo a change of mind, a change of purpose, and a change of life. Sometimes they think, we think the idea that, that repentance is just, um, you know, I'm going to stop doing the things I was doing and move in a new direction. Um, and at some level that's true, but that simplifies it uh, too much. It's, it's really these three components working on. It's a, it's a change of mind, it's a change of purpose, and a change of life. So, so let's dig into those. I want to start by talking about a change of mind, change of mind. And so point number two is one of my favorite questions, and uh, I love this question. Jesus asked it, do you want to get well? Um, I've done a whole series on this. It pops up every now and again. I, I, I think it's... Um, I always tell you whatever I happen to be reading at the time is my favorite part of the Bible, but um, if you were to, you know, push me into things that really make me think, I can keep going back to John 5, 6 over and over and over again because it's, there's so much depth in the question. Um, when, and and the, the thing is happening by the pool of Bethesda. It says this in John 5, 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, the person that he saw had been afflicted um, for uh, 38 years. He'd been there by the pool at Bethesda for some period of time, and he had never gotten any better. And he's, he's apparently at a place where you're supposed to be able to get better. Uh, and he's virtually gone unnoticed. By this point in time, he's got nobody around to help him any longer, so he's got no friends around. When I look, think about this story, and I've thought about it a lot, I always see him as just sort of being off to the side all alone, and that's sort of how he's doing his life. And Jesus sees him. I love that about Jesus. Jesus sees all of us, but Jesus sees this person that's basically become invisible. He sees him, and he goes and talks to him, finds out what's going on with him, and then asks him this amazing question, do you want to get well? And you think, well, you know, his response would be, well, of, of course, but, but you know, the, the thing is, 
um, sometimes we get used to being a certain way, and even though we might say we want to get better, we're not really necessarily willing to do the things that we need to do in order to get there. Um, uh, we, we, may not, we may not be willing to do that. It's like sometimes we, we, would, we would like to be in a different situation if somebody would just come in and make it all happen different for us, but if it's up to us to start doing things a little differently, well, then m maybe that's not exactly what we're looking for. And this applies in so many areas of our lives where, where we don't really like the situation, but, but um, we get used to it, and so we get more comfortable in it than we do with trying to break out of whatever that situation is into doing something new because we're going to have to move into something different, and we're going to have to start thinking differently. And see, the, this question, I think, is about changing the way that we think. It's a change of mind. It, it sort of stirs that up in us. Do you, do you want to get well, or do you just want to get by? Um, do, do you want to be whole, and, 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 or, or do you just want to, uh, do you just want what you think you want in order to feel better? And see, one is very temporary, and one is very eternal. And what we usually want is sort of, you know, whatever it takes for some pain-free white picket fence living. And we want to hear that we can have it now. Uh, and yet the promises of pain-free, no more tears living are eternal. So that's, that's where we get stuck a little bit. And, and, and so the, the, the question, you know, the way we start to think is, do I, do I really want to get well or do I just want to feel better? And see, a change of mind chooses to get well over just feeling better. See, it, it, it's, it says, you know what, I'm going to do what it takes to walk this thing out in the Lord, and I'll move past those places that I've grown accustomed to, and, and I'm gonna, I want to break out of the things that are familiar when the familiar isn't healthy. And, and see, because of the way that we move and operate in life a lot of times, we will settle for things that are familiar even if they're not good for us because they're familiar. And, and we know them. And so we, we, get, we have trouble sometimes breaking out of bad, familiar patterns in order to break into some new stuff. Repentance is this whole idea of a change of mind. And, and, and so changing our minds in this way, you know, it's is, is sort of hinders on, it, it's founded on understanding that we are people of purpose. And, and so... So this change of mind then sort of has to do with the second part of this whole idea, which is a change of purpose. Um, what are we living for? Who are we living for? What's the most important thing? What's, what's really going on uh, in our lives? And so in order to start having a change of mind and, and starting thinking differently, we, we've got to in integrate now a change of purpose. And the next two points that I want to bring up um, they, they go together in talking about this change of purpose because our, our purpose has to change from living exclusively for ourselves um, with the world revolving around us and realizing that we're created for His purposes. Ephesians 2.10, um, we're God's workmanship, God's work of art, God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that's why we're created. We were created to have lives of purpose that He has made us for and, and wants us to find our way into 
in this life. That's when we begin to feel fulfilled. We get our, our purpose. We start figuring out that he's, he's made us certain ways with certain things and certain gifts and certain abilities and certain personalities, and he's done that on purpose. And as we begin to step into what he wants for us, we begin to experience life. But we, we have to balance in these, these next two things. Point number three, is, as I talked about it earlier, is our longing for heaven. A longing for heaven. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we're clothed, we'll not be found naked. For while we're in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we don't wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. All right, so as believers, um, we come to Christ. Uh, as part of that, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. That Holy Spirit, one of the things that He does besides lead and guide and teach, he, He's a deposit guaranteeing this, this life that we're promised um, now and forever. But where I think a lot of people get stuck is they don't understand sometimes what they're feeling is this longing for heaven that's in each one of us as a believer. Because um, once you come to Christ, you're a citizen of heaven, and all inside of you knows that there's something better that's going on than what we're experiencing right now. And and, and instead of understanding that's the dynamic, what we try and do oftentimes is, is we try with, our, with all that we have to sort of get everything to work the way we want it to now. And, and the problem with that is it never gets that longing settled. It, you, and, and so people don't, don't know that, that sometimes, sometimes when you're, when you're feeling that way, if you realize, I'm just longing for heaven right now, you can sort of stop and catch your breath and engage again where the Lord wants you. See, it, th this emptiness, this longing for heaven will exist in you. It's there on purpose. And um, some people, when they don't understand what it is, they, they try and fill it with empty things. Um, and, and the empty things won't fill it. Uh, it, it's, it you know, so some people would just get busy. Some people just always be on the go. Um, some people will just get so, you know, moving forward that they don't stop long enough to ever have to feel this, this little sort of emptiness, this longing. Or they, 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 they'll try and fill it with, with things and situations that aren't good for us. They turn to, to drugs or to alcohol or immorality or all sorts of other things, you know, uh, uh, trying to get all the stuff that you can. Um, and we, they'll, they'll just spend time and energy trying to get our circumstances just right. But, but the longing for heaven can't be satisfied this side of heaven. It's there on purpose. It's to remind us that this is not our, our home. See, we get tastes of eternity now, but we don't get the whole banquet. And rather than being consumed with trying to satisfy the longing, what we have to do when we experience it, this is the fourth point, is we have to mourn the brokenness. Um, and, and people, well, that's... I don't like mourning. This, this is good mourning. That sounded funny. But um, this, is, this is something we need to do 
um, in our lives, because what we have to do is we have to embrace that, that we live currently in a fallen world on a broken planet. And everything here is broken, including us. It's, it, everything's broken here because sin entered the world. It impacted all of us. That same verse that I read you in the last point, 2 Corinthians 5, I want to read it again, this time out of the paraphrase, the message. For instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they'll be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade. And we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move. So we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. So, so this dynamic is going on. But if we're focused for living on ourselves and for being the, the center of our own universe and trying in our own strength to get all our circumstances lined up to fix this, this apparent emptiness that we're experiencing, what happens is that, that, that we take every reminder of the brokenness personally. It's like everything that happens is an attack on our plans of trying to make everything work. And we'll, you'll, you'll actually start, why does this always happen to me? And then, then we start to get mad. Um, or we often will blame God at that point in time. Or, or we, if, we, if we can't go there, you know, we'll go to that God's angry with me and that He's punishing me for something. Um, and yet the reality is this isn't heaven. Everything is broken. Our sin is the cause of brokenness. And if you, if you really need to get mad about it, get mad at the enemy because he's the one that, that deceived us into thinking we could be like God. God has kicked out of paradise where it was like that. And now he has the audacity to, to try to deceive us into blaming God for this brokenness and then continue to keep on sinning to try and be like God and fix everything in our own strength and fill the emptiness with empty things. And, and it just doesn't work. See, every tragedy, every broken thing, every failure, it's just a reminder that this temporary life will never be perfect. But in His mercy and grace, He's made us a way back into relationship that we had before the fall. This isn't as good as it gets, and you don't need to make it your life's purpose to try and fix it. You were created for a far greater purpose. And ultimately, that's to follow Him. See, this is the... This is the process of repentance. See, it's a change of mind. It's, it's getting our perspective changed. It's getting ourselves out of the center of the story. He's the center of the story. It's His story. We're, he's the noun. I keep going back to this. We're adjectives. We're to live in a way that describes Him. But we spend far too much time putting ourselves at the center of the story, which is where the enemy wants us. And there's no life to be found there because we can't make the story work in our own strength. It's not our story. It's His and, and once we sort of go, it's your story. I just want to fit in it. I want to know how I'm supposed to live in it. Then everything begins to change. And we, we don't have to take the mess personally. It's a mess. It's broken. Sin, sin blew it up. God's going to put it all back together. But that's when he comes back next time. This time he's restored us in the relationship with him so that we can experience life. And this life is found in following him. That's what he, in point five, he says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. So, so repentance, the kingdom of heaven is near. We, we have a change of mind. 
we decide we, we want to be healed and made whole by Him in our life and not settle for just feeling better. And then we have a change of purpose. As we, as we go from realizing our longing for heaven can't be satisfied here. And that the, the, the brokenness is a reminder, it's not as good as it gets, that we're created for a greater purpose, which leads us then to a change of life. And, and that's, that's the life that's found in being a disciple. He says in verse 19 and 20 of Matthew 4, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. See, the, the, the life change, um, it, it was from, from the perspective needed to be changed, from temporary to eternal. They became, they went from fishermen to fishers of men. They went from selfish to selfless, from self-centered to other-centered. And see, that's what repentance looks like. That's, that's knowing that, that living is Christ. It's beginning to put these things together in a way that, that you understand how your life is changing in Him. So what we do is we start, and we, we start thinking about, okay, Lord, what are the things I need to change my mind about? And there's lots of them, because we've got some bad ways of looking at things. We've got some really old habits that we are just kind of in there, some filters that, that need to be challenged in the way that we look at life because we, we have to get a different perspective on how this thing is, is really working so that we can find life. And most of it's about getting him at the center of the story. And, and then, you know, our, our purpose has to change. And, and all of a sudden we become aware that, you know, that, that sort of empty thing that I feel every now and again that comes on me that I think, oh, I'm missing something or if this, only this or only that or other people this or they and, and this and that. It's this thing and that thing and it's uh, doing this or just doing that. And it's being here. It's being there. And it's, all this comes on me and, and I have to go, listen, that's, that's just because I know that there's something better. But I'm, I'm not going to get it until I'm with him. Listen, this deal with Jesus, the best thing that the world has to offer, the best deal in the universe, but, but it, it's, it's still not heaven that's coming it's the best thing until then but but we only really begin to experience that as we sort of settle in our mind and we we change our purpose i'm my purpose is not going to be any longer to make it all work in my own strength because there's no life to be found there but my purpose is going to be found in you living for you and that's what we do we have a change of life at that point lord i'm going to follow you i'm, I'm I'm going to show up every day, Lord, in the midst of my day-to-day -day routine, and I'm going to be looking for you and asking you what you want from me and what I can do for you, and, and I'm going to settle in you. And once, once we do, we begin to find life that we, we couldn't even imagine possible. We don't have to rush around trying to fix it. We just walk in it, and, and there's life there to be had. So my hope is you'll think about those things and um, let them kind of settle on you and, and you know, Change of mind, change of purpose, change of life. That's what we're looking at. Great question again. Do you want to get well? And, and uh, let that sort of be something you think about all week. Um, and we'll talk more the next week when we get back together. If you're watching my video, appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Put in your prayer request. We will pray for you. We hope to see you again soon. And uh, God bless you.